Earshot Creative Review with Hobsons. Hello, I'm Steve Martin, and the Earshot Creative Review is our monthly showcase of great radio production with the people who make it. And this time, two hugely successful stations, both broadly centred on adult contemporary music, but both highly individual in their own two ways. Matt Clark's here. He's the station imaging producer at Magic 105.4. And from BBC Radio 2, senior producer Christopher Ray. Hello to you both. Chris, to what extent do you view Matt's Magic as a competitor? I don't think um, we look at any commercial radio station, look at them as a direct competitor. I think what we are all about and what BBC Radio 2 has always really been about is making something that's very distinctive and that's very different from what's already available. So we, yes, we have, we take account of what's out there, but what's important to us is actually not sounding like that. So not actually looking at a station going, oh, they're doing X, well, we need to do Y, uh, in the sense of let's be competitive. It's actually really about being a distinctive service and offering something different in the marketplace. But are you listening to Magic? Are you tracking their playlist? Um, I listen. I listen to a lot of radio stations to see how they're sounding. I wouldn't say you know steal ideas, but a bit of inspiration is always good from uh, some of the radio stuff. I do that with the BBC stations as well. It's always great to hear who's out there, what they're producing, and actually also what the uh, the current sounds are and uh, the current ideas are available. And Matt, you're based at Magic 105.4, just round the corner from where we're recording this podcast at the headquarters of Radio Two Western House. Do you look on at uh, Radio 2 as this huge, publicly funded, £800 gorilla? No, not really. (laughs) Um, I would say we're not actually that similar. Uh, If you have a listen to both stations, um, I mean, even musically, we don't really cross over that much. And I think think there's more personality, um, sort of personality-driven links on Radio 2 than there are on Magic. Magic really is just about... I mean, it's our strapline, more music, less talk, and just a sort of mood setting for London, really. Well, we are here in Western House, so thank you, Chris, for having us. Absolute pleasure. You're very welcome. You're coming all over all public service and open, whereas, whereas <laughs> Matt, of course, thinks he's on a spy mission. <laughs> I do, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My mouth is sealed at the moment. <laughs> the Earshot Creative Review with Hobson's. OK, Chris, what audio have you got? So first up uh, is a trail that um, one of our producers, Ali Lang, made, and it was a trail for Huey Morgan, who's quite a well-known name on Six Music and quite established, and Huey's come to Radio 2 relatively recently. Um, He came over last year, and he started doing a new programme on Radio 2. And the thing about Radio 2, as Matt was saying, it's about personalities... But also, um, the thing with Huey is because he's a musician, there's obviously a real... He's really keyed into the music, and his music choice mixed with his personality was the thing we had to get across. And in actual fact, that's the creative challenge. How do you do that? And Ali came up with a stonking trail to do it. From doo-wop to bebop and hip-hop from East Coast, blues from the West and grunge that's from post. Progressive, regressive, excessive bluegrass. Impressive, expressive, successive with brass. A compilation, an appellation with a degree of modulation. Old school, new wave, New Orleans, rockabilly. Queen of Queens, dub of disco, drum and bass, funk, punk, and paper lace. Wow, baby. There'll be no paper lace, dude. You know what I'm talking about? It's not about the genres. It's great music. That's all. Huey Morgan. 
Friday nights at midnight on 88 to 91 FM, BBC Radio 2, baby. <laughs> Talk us through the genesis of that trail. Well, I was talking to Ali about that, and it was nothing more than that's how do you approach that? And Huey, musician, very few uh, presenters you could do that with. And he literally sat down and thought, could I write a rap for Huey? And it turned into that trail. Uh, and of course, Huey, great voice able to deliver it and you know it all hangs together but had it not been Huey not so sure it would have necessarily worked with other presenters yeah I mean doing a rap you need a lot of guts and you need a lot of talent to pull that off absolutely you need the right talent as well I mean uh, <laughs> quite a few years ago I did many years ago uh, Terry Wogan did a rap uh, when we were doing the promotion <laughs> the Christmas schedule and it worked but you're absolutely right it has to be the right talent and the other thing about that is it's really cool yeah, and, and actually, the thing with Radio 2 is that that is not something we ever claim to be. It's not something we try to be. And actually, sometimes we revel in the fact that we are not cool as a station. Um, but Huey, he's a cool guy. He's a very nice guy. So he pulls it off perfectly. And what was his reaction when he saw the script written by someone else? Um, in all honesty, I don't know, actually. Right. So you just heard the final piece. Yeah, so Ali went, made that trail, yeah. and I heard that trail back, uh, of course, after it's uh, been approved by the producer. And uh, so, well, that's fantastic. And is, does that always have to happen at radio? Does the producer of the programme have to approve the trail that's promoting it? Um, yes, that's going back to compliance to say, yes, it's a fair reflection of the programme. That's the reason why they hear it. I mean, there are some times as well that they may request a change here or a change there. But very often, particularly if we're doing something that's um, uh, particularly creative, I mean, we're currently running a thing called 500 Words, uh, which is a short story writing competition for children under 13. So that's a bigger campaign, and we'd be much more in conversation with the exec uh, through the whole process uh, with that, rather than just presenting them with an end result. What's your next piece? Uh, so next piece is uh, a trail for... It was a Jeremy Vine feature. Well, it was a programme that actually happened uh, within his programme. And it was, um, it was called The Songs That My Son Loved, which was a very poignant and moving programme um, where mothers talked through um, the music uh, that uh, their sons had listened to and that meant something to them. And their sons, unfortunately, uh, had uh, died in... Uh, conflicts uh, serving for the forces and very delicate very it couldn't it didn't want to be downbeat and miserable because that wasn't the program but it was very touching and this i think struck uh, absolutely the right note remembrance week on bbc radio 2 every single one of these names on this wall are our heroes in moving and uplifting accounts five mothers share the memories of their sons through the music they loved he could listen to those songs and shout and scream in his bedroom or wherever he was listening to the music. It gave him a voice. There's no such thing as, oh, you'll get over it. You'll never get over this. I can be on my own and just thinking about him and I'll throw his iPod on and I'll play about Liam is back in this house. The songs my son loved. Weekdays from 1.30 on BBC Radio 2. Can you say something about the sensitivities that you had to take account of when you were producing that? Well, um, the first and foremost is uh, how it fits into the rest of the schedule because that trail has to run pretty much everywhere. So that has to be uh, run in breakfast as well as uh, things like Steve Wright and Simon and in some parts of our heritage programming. So it means that you've got to get 
the the tone at the beginning and the end right so that you're not handing a presenter something that they then are going to find really difficult to pick back up off uh, and as I was saying just before as well getting the music right absolutely key uh, because the music actually uh, carries that trail with the clips beautifully it means it actually does fit largely into most parts of, uh, of the schedule and of course our presenters they have a lot of room to manoeuvre so they can come off something they can talk off the back of the trail if they wanted to uh, they could play uh, an appropriate jingle which is maybe soft you know they've got a lot of options open to them so it fits best for them yeah i mean the music on that it works perfectly for it doesn't it I think, I mean, it works really well um and it's like you said it's done sensitively it's really good at the end of that you could segue into a song or if necessary if you had to go into travel news or a speech block you could do so because the the sensitive nature of the piece in the middle of the promo has to an extent been neutralized by the time you get to the end Absolutely. And actually, that, uh, that trail, um, I remember hearing Chris uh, play on Breakfast. And Chris was literally just picked up off the back of it and was able to go, That's re- that sounds really fantastic. And then he's straight into travel. So it's just a really short piece because, as you're absolutely right, you've got the bookend with the station voice, which allows the presenter to say to give them some wiggle room to pick up and be able to just move straight on to the next thing, uh, whilst also not sounding like we're being, you know, crass over something that is very poignant. Would you ever produce different versions of a promo to run at different day parts? Yeah, I mean, it, it's something we would do, but um, it's something we try and avoid because we actually do want to celebrate that diversity on radio too. So if we are doing, a, say, a trail for Jamie Cullum's jazz programme, we want that to be accessible so it can run in daytimes. And we don't really want to do one version that runs in heritage programming uh, and one version that runs in daytimes. Actually, what we should be doing is making a trail that's accessible to all of the audience and uh, that they're going to find the programme interesting and, you know, hopefully listen to it. And how disciplined are your presenters in playing the trails that they're supposed to? Because Radio 2 is not a tightly formatted, you know, you play three songs out of the news and then you do a 30-second link. It's not that kind of radio station. Um, Trails kind of do move around. Some presenters play it at set points. For example, Ken Bruce always plays it just before the travel. Uh, And presenters like Jeremy Vine will play it between features or maybe in the middle of uh, just moving on to something. It, It really varies, but generally they're pretty good. Um, what's next? Uh, next, it feels for the time this goes out, this will Christmas will be a long uh, forgotten <laughs> memory. But um, this uh, this was a launch trail for our Christmas season. Every year, about the middle of December, um, we do a massive trail uh, which basically says or teases all the stuff that's coming up over Christmas. And it's really just to say that we've got a lot of personalities on the network, we've got a you know great-sounding Christmas coming up. After this trail runs, because this trail doesn't have anything particularly specific about when to tune in, there's no appointment to listen, to use the, uh, to use the uh, uh, language, but uh, what it does do is it teases everything, and then we break it out into individual trails after this trail's run. So this trail runs for a week, and then we start running the specific programme trails after it. Christmas on BBC Radio 2 is going to be what I call amazing. This year, the stars are thronging to Radio 2 Towers. I'm French and Saunders. And so am I. We're wall-to-wall with names this year. Who, 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 who? David Jason, Len Goodman, Kylie, Roger Royal, Justin E. Collins, Barry Manilow, Len Goodman, Paul O'Grady. Um, excuse- me, it's me, Miranda Hart and John Holmes. Annie oh. Lennox, Len <gasps> Goodman. You've said Len. You, Laurie, Louis Walsh. And, come on, names, <laughs> names. Subo, Alfie Bow, Michael Bow, Blake. Miranda Hart. Also, Len Goodman. Not Len. Christmas on BBC Radio 2. Three words, fab, you, less. 
Anyone we missed, do you think? Uh, yes, there is someone you missed. Yeah. Hello! Too late, anyway. He's taken over and he's back <laughs> after the news headlines with Jason Donovan live from Blackpool. What I should have said at the beginning of that trail was uh, that Chris, that, that, was, that was played in uh, Breakfast, obviously, and the laugh you can hear in the background is the special guest in the studio was Len Goodman. Uh, so that was him laughing over the top of the trail. Was that made specifically knowing he was coming in? No, no, no. It was just, <laughs> I, I didn't even know he was on breakfast. But obviously I heard that growl. I thought, oh, fantastic. Well, it kind of makes the point that it's the station with a lot of big star names in. If one of them's actually in the studio at the time it's going out. Absolutely, yeah. And thank goodness he liked it. <laughs> it sounded like he did anyway. Christmas is a great time for listening to the radio. And uh, by, as you say, by the time this podcast goes out, we'll be almost looking ahead to the next Christmas. Um but it's, it's, it's a funny time of year to put a lot of resources into a radio station because there's no radar sampling. Um, I'm interested, Matt, in what you do at Christmas on Magic. Um, we do do a few special shows. We had Michael Bublé, for example, this year um, on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Um, we play a lot of Christmas songs and we just carry on as normal, really. We're, you know, you forget that there's no radar sampling and you just do your best to keep the listeners coming in really and i think magic's a nice listen for christmas with the amount of christmas songs it just and it's sort of good for background music on christmas day it's just perfect for christmas really and chris we know you don't just look after the sound of bbc radio 2 you're also looking after six music uh, how are those stations now settling down 10 years after uh, six music started Really well, actually. I mean, Six Music's had a record uh, radio, uh, 1.4 million now. And, you know, you might expect that uh, when Six Music's in the public eye, then you'd pick up some listeners. But the fantastic thing about Six is it's held on to them and actually mm-hmm. built on them. And on top of that as well, we've got some fantastic hours. So, you know, people are coming to the station, listening to it, tuning in for lengthy amounts of time. I think it's about eight and a half hours our current uh, uh, Um which for a digital station is amazing. And to my ears, I think what you've achieved in recent years on Six Music is you've turned it into a station which is actually good company through the day. And I was in Manchester uh, just a few days ago, nipping in and out of um, organic cafes for lunch, and Six Music was on several times. I don't hear that around London, but in Manchester... I don't know, maybe you play the Smiths a lot. But uh, in Manchester, um, it was, you know, there as ambient listening in people's everyday workplaces. That's great. Um, What is interesting, actually, in the daytimes on Six, uh, it seems that we have quite a lot of online listening. Um, Now, digital radio listening traditionally before was in the evening because people were obviously making an active choice to listen to the radio, probably because the digital radio was located in the kitchen. Mm. And therefore, while the evening meal's going on, they might have uh, the radio on, and Six then was the choice. So um, we were getting some good audience figures there but as listenership's moving in digital radio uh the reach is expanding um we're getting quite a lot of daytime listening coming into six and radcliffe mcconey is a great show now they've come on to six as well um and as you say it just it really feels like it's a station that you can just put on through the day and it's a really enjoyable listen excellent well that's a sell and a half let's hear a promo <laughs> my job <laughs> um so this is a trail for uh sean keveney breakfast show uh, this is made by uh, Nathan Freeman, who is our six, who is our six music station sound producer, who joined us in September. Um, and we were talking with the Breakfast Show team about how we best promote breakfast, because the traditional way to do a breakfast trail, of course, is to 
do a clip trail, uh, do some kind of breakfast retrospective. And we just felt this wasn't the right sell for Sean Keaveney because Sean, his programme really is almost the anti-breakfast show. It's not upbeat, it's not in your face, it's very funny, but it's it's not the traditional up and at you. It's not because he's not trying to be that at all. And um, what we decided to do after we tried doing some daily retros was do something a bit different and we and Nathan sat down with Sean and with his producer and actually tried to work out a better way of doing breakfast trails which reflected Sean's personality in effect taking a bit of his personality putting it at other points through the day on the network and that's where this came from Dissecting Keevney Episode 6 The Mind Exactly five minutes past that Shane Meadows is doing a documentary Hungry 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 Resemblance to monkeys George Bush Eat some toast actually Is it too early to have a burrito. Maybe she's going about a piece of fruit, a piece of fruit in the morning, have a piece of fruit in the morning. Details of secret service agents protecting chocolate cake. To Australia, a lovely pie. Oh, a pie! Pies, pies. Soldier, will you marry me? Cake, yeah, cake and a cup of coffee. Cake, okay, that's decided upon. Cake is. So there you go. Some Laura Marling. The Sean Keaveney Breakfast Show. Breakfast is the only thing on our minds. Weekday mornings from seven on BBC Radio. Music. Actually, what there is is about half a dozen of uh, those trails, and uh, they they all centre around Sean uh, like that in some kind of uh, in some kind of creative scenario. Um, but uh, we just have those on rotation, and we refresh them once every so often. But they're on a low rotation um, all the time across the network, and it's the way we just promo breakfast and in just a completely different way. Um, and trying this seems to work really well, actually. And what reaction have you had from the audience to those? Well, it's hard, isn't it? Because in, in, I'm not sure you get a lot of re- a direct reaction. Um, cause... Would you like to be able to test more and measure promos with an audience? Yeah, it'd be, it'd be really interesting to see. I mean, it's always interesting to see through research what's, what people think. And there's always some um, maybe angle that you didn't think of. Um, but ultimately... I think, you know, you can research, research is very useful as a science, but what we do is more of an art form. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a danger sometimes that you can take that science, stick it straight on the air. Because you know, often, you know, you say to a listener, what do you want from a radio station? Oh, I want, you know, X, Y, and Z. And it's nothing new, because that's your job to work mm-hmm. that out. It's your job to apply the creativity. Uh, so the research is useful, and it's be nice and informative to have that, um, but ultimately it still has to come down to you and what your ideas are. One of the things that we did do uh, a few years ago uh, is we went and spent some time with some listeners and spent an evening with them and how they listen to the radio. And actually, that's really that really reveals quite a lot. And you find out a lot of things about, actually, how much attention people are paying to the radio. And, it's, and often I think sometimes it's this misconception that, oh, you need to bash the audience over the head with uh, you know a hammer to really repeat the message. Because and I don't think it's the people or listeners are you know are, are daft and therefore we have to keep telling them things all the time they're just busy and there's a lot of stuff going on in their own minds and uh, they're you know busy life so your trail or your promo uh, is on in the car when they've got the kids screaming in the back and they're worried about you know the, you know getting to work and stuck in traffic that that's what you're competing in uh, and that kind of information i think is probably most useful you're with the Earshot Creative Review. I'm Steve Martin. My guests this time are Chris Ray from BBC Radio 2 and BBC Radio 6 Music. 
and Matt Clark from Magic 105.4. We're going to hear Matt's audio in just a moment. And then at the end of the podcast, we're going to hear some audio that has inspired our guests, Chris and Matt, this time. But I just want to say a quick hello to you if you're listening outside the UK. Matt and Chris are some of the stars of radio production and imaging in Britain. But we know we have loads of listeners overseas. If you're listening in Egypt, Israel... The United States, that country's still going. Uh, it's great to have you uh, with us. We know we've got a load of listeners in Turkey as well, in South Africa, uh, in uh, Kenya, in Nigeria, Australia, Canada, New Zealand, wherever you are. It's great to have you with us. And we want to hear your audio. So if you work in radio and you're making production and imaging for stations in your market, we'd love to get it on the podcast and we'd like to hear a little bit about your approach to radio production. So uh, you can write to me. It's steve at earshotcreative.com. Steve at earshotcreative.com. Get in touch if you're in production, in radio, in any of those countries or wherever you are. And we'd love to get your material on the Earshot Creative Review in the future. Great radio production and the people who make it. The Earshot Creative Review, sponsored by Hobson's. And we're here with Chris Ray and we're here with Matt Clark. Matt, you're from Magic 105.4. I'm just talking to Chris there about research. My perception of your kind of music radio in the commercial sector is it's very heavily driven by research. Is that true? Uh, well, the music certainly is, yeah. I mean, every every week we test, we do a big music test. So every track we play is tested and with our listeners and we can pick demographics to which we want to sample the music on. Um, and it's because Magic's such a music-led station, it's a very important thing to do. And also because we're playing the older tracks as well, you need to test those tracks because you don't know whether they're popular or not. So it's, yeah, very important for us, really. And what about as an imaging producer? What do you learn from research that can help you in your work? Well, a lot of our trails are about the music because they're all music-based shows. So anything we make, any trails we make, are always got the top testing tracks in them. It's very important to do that because there's not too much speech content there. We need the music to sell the show, really. So we're always looking at that music research and using it in the trails that we do, really. So let's hear an example of that now. Okay, um, well, this one's uh, this first one is um, the Mellow Magic Trails. So, Magic style is there are no whooshes, there's no bangs. It's a very simple style, but it should the idea is it sort of sounds quality. Um, our station voice, Kerry Murphy, uh, she's been with us since 2007, and she's got a nice, warm, deep tone. We don't do too much processing on the voice. Uh, we just put a bit of compression on there, slight bit of top, extra top and mid in there as well, um, and a tiny piece of reverb, tiny bit of reverb through a high pass filter, so you just get the top end of the reverb, but not a lot. You wouldn't notice it that much unless she was completely dry. So have a listen and see what you think, really. No one does mellow like magic. Feel the magic. Mellow Magic every night from eight, only on Magic One Hundred Five Point Four. Hook after hook after hook. 
basically. That's what it's about. I mean, all you've got in there is the fact that we think no one does mellow like us. So our, it's our market-leading evening show and um, the time every night from eight. There's no mention of the presenter or anything like that because we have different presenters on the week and the weekend. But it is about. It really is about the music and putting those together. There's no. You'll notice there was no sort of sound effects to get between those songs. It's all about just getting nice segues between the songs or between the hooks and just keeping that music flowing through the trail. Really. So what's interesting is that on Radio Two, yeah. um, we use a little bit of production, but not a lot. And yeah. actually, the less production you use, the better your music edits have to be. Yeah. And actually, it makes it a bit harder. It does, yeah. I th- I think so. I mean, it's quite easy to use a sort of zap or a whoosh to get between two songs. And sometimes you do have to do it. I was doing, we did a love songs chart recently, and I had to do these sort of hooks for the countdown. And it was Bon Jovi always into Make You Feel My Love, Adele. Absolutely, you couldn't just do that without an effect. <laughs> Absolutely impossible. But um, it's nice to try and use the music more to sort of do, to get those nice segues between the music hooks. So. I've worked with producers who will insist on researching the key that a song is in before, and they'll work out their segues on paper first. Is that how you work, or is it trial and error? Always trial and error, and I'll and I'll sit there and um, from our playout system, I'll do a sort of rough edit, and I will, but I won't try. Really, don't like it when things aren't in key. It does sound it jars with me, so I do make sure things fit like that and I will just go through trial and error try and get it nice and then once I'm happy with how it is roughly I'll put it into Pro Tools and finish it off in there so and are you ever warping the pitch of a track to make a segue work or playing around with it or these are these these raw I have done I've I've done that and I've also used you know time compression expansion to say get a so if a drum roll coming up to a hook is coming in I can stretch those onto the last part of the last song so i can do that yeah i do sometimes do that and as you'll hear on the later piece of audio you'll hear that more of that as you'll see that would be sacrilege on six music wouldn't it chris what's changed the music oh my goodness me because <laughs> well because pe- people may you know do you know what though we can play about with it there's no problem playing about with it and um you don't be too serious all the time anyway do you <laughs> Um, what's next? Uh, I think we'll just play you some of our jingles. Um, now, these were produced by Sandy Beach at Music 4, and he, he produced them for us in 2007, actually, but we're so happy with them. We think they're absolutely brilliant. And so we've kept playing them ever since, and he's done a few refreshes for us on some of the cuts, but really they're just... I'll speak a bit more about them afterwards, but they've just got a really good sort of real music quality feel to them. <laughs> On digital and 105.4 FM. This is Magic. 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 105.4. It's nine o'clock. I'm Verity Gear in the Magic Newsroom. The first big.
So as you can hear, they're all, I mean, what's great about them is they've all got live instruments. So the first set Sandy did for us, he recorded at Abbey Road. So it was a real string quartet and real piano, real drums, real guitars. And I think a lot of jingles um, sound like they're made on a keyboard. And the good thing about these is they don't, they sound live and they fit the music of magic really well because of that that would be my main point about our jingles and i think they just sound quality really and also the great thing about it is you've got mm. some great vocalists and i think that's so important because when we're looking you know about radio 2 jingles that's so important that you've got the instruments you've got great composition but if you've not got great vocalists it just all falls flat yeah yeah no i think um one of them was doing backing vocals for george michael's tour and you know they're good singers you take a lot of trouble over your music segues within your promos within your trails what about those segues between the jingles and the music on the playlist what control have you got as a production guy uh, over the sequencing through the hour i don't as such really it's down to the presenters and they're all experienced presenters they're all very good at what they do um what they can do for segues um they can sort of automate it so they're still there in the studio but they can pull up the auto mix and then they don't have to do it as live they can do it during the song and it will do a nice segue between songs and that's good for them and they they can do that but um it really is down to the djs what they have to pick the jingle that fits really we do we don't schedule the uh jingles as it were so it is down to them they've got to do their job right and they do well they're really good so chris radio 2 you've had jingles uh from a single production company on air for many years now but it's known in the industry that you've invited companies to pitch for the jingles of the future how's that going um, well, it's progressing, uh, and maybe a little bit slower than uh, we might like, but it is progressing, and uh, it's it's a new deal for us, and it's a new way of working, and it's it's something we have to get right, and that's the reason why it's much slower than uh, than it normally would be. And what is new about it? Um, the new thing about it is the arrangements uh, about how the rights are uh, divided up. So it means that the BBC uh, will be taking the publishing rights, um, and really working all that out particularly on a jingle package like radio 2 uh yeah it's, it's complicated how do you ensure therefore that that getting the commercial terms right doesn't impinge uh, on the creativity and what you're trying to achieve in terms of the sound on the station because um the the two are completely separate so uh, bbc worldwide they are in charge of in effect the deal if you like they they deal with the financial side of it and also the publishing side Whereas we at the network, we deal with the creative side. So the creative leads everything else, and um, we basically come up with a cut list, what we'd like, the instrumentation we want, uh, and then they go away and try and make uh, and try and work out the best deal uh, to make that happen. And are you going to get the jingles you want on air? Uh, well, we have to, because there's no way we're going to put stuff on the air that's not good enough. Absolutely no way. And when will we hear that? Um, well, hopefully... Um, sometime in the summer which <laughs> summer <laughs> just to check uh, well. the earshot creative review with hobson's if you're the kind of producer who likes to start the session with the scripts half written and no idea how to pronounce lemster then we're the kind of voice artists who won't let anybody ever know matt let's hear some more audio from magic 105.4 Okay, well, this is um, a piece of audio that I put together for our new television ad, which is on in London at the moment on Channel 4, ITV, for example. Um, it is a mashup 
because we're all about more music, less talk. And um, really, you need to see the visuals with it, but you should get the idea. It's a sort of London cityscape with the lyrics of the song floating across the sky. Um, and it is Queen, I Want to Break Free, and Bruno Mars, Just the Way You Are. So what I did, I took the acapella from Just the Way You Are pretty much put it over I want to break free from Queen so have a listen and see what you think I want to break free this is the sound of magic oh her eyes her eyes make the stars look like they're not shining her hair her hair falls perfectly without her trying she's so beautiful and I tell her every day yeah When I see your face, there's not a thing that I would change, cause you're amazing, just the way you are. More music, less talk, Magic 105.4. It's delightful. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. I'm very, very happy with it. Now, that was uh, a 50-second version, which will be running on the station soon. We just want it to bed in a bit more, and hopefully people see it on TV a bit more before we start playing it. But um, unfortunately, we had to cut it down to 30 seconds for the TV ad, which was a shame because I'd love to have put that whole thing on. But, you know, um, and for that, we took Bruno Mars, uh, managed to get the acapella of it, um, pitched it down a semitone, um, it's pretty much the same speed as Bruno Mars as well. And again, like with the all the sort of music imaging trails, uh, our marketing guys come to me each year because we do a sort of different music mashup for our TV ad each year. And then they say, right, OK, we need another piece of music. And mm. I will, you know, spend weeks listening to songs. Um, and it's again, it's just really is trial and error. And you sort of you do hear the pattern of the music. So I could tell it would sort of fit. And then you do a rough version and then... And then finally put it all into Pro Tools and then, yeah, beat match it basically and put it all together really, mix it down, and that's the finished piece. So, yeah. It's a masterclass in demonstrating diversity with just two examples. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it does, it sort of showcases Magic's music quite well because, you know, Queen, huge artist for us. And it's good that we do play modern artists as well. And Bruno Mars, it just, it, works well it does it showcases what magic is about it doesn't doesn't have to be an old song to be on magic it can be a modern song but it's got to be a really good modern song to fit on magic and that um again we tested both of those songs and they both came back really high up in our testing so they're good songs to represent us really and how easy did you find it to get the acapellas i mean are the are the record labels playing ball with this kind of approach uh not exactly no this is this is a tricky thing this is um we I found them on the internet, and there are there are internet sites like Acapellas for You, which and I don't know how legal they are as such, but I find these things on the internet, I put them together, but then we do it's all cleared by the record company, so it gets sent over to the record companies and they clear the music for us, so they've heard it. So, if anyone from a record company is listening to this now, what would your plea be for them? What would your plea be to them? It's a difficult one. I can understand you need to protect stuff like that, but. There's some good people out there that do these sort of mashup things, and I think they sound really good. People like them, so it's. I don't think it's a thing that will keep going forever. I think you know these sites are going to get shut down. They're going to get caught out. But there's mm. a lot of sort of amateur bedroom DJs, producers that 
love these acapellas and you know you can you can find most things on the internet it's clearly in the record label's interests to make these parts available, especially to talented producers like yourself who are working on huge radio stations because it's opening up new music to a new audience. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good argument, definitely. Um, it's just, it is tricky for them because if it sounded awful, they wouldn't want it there. And, you know, it's, I can completely understand. And the artists might not want that done with their music. So mm. it's, it's a really sort of... So, but we have done it in the past and the year before we used the OJ's Love Train and Michael Bublé's Hollywood and again the record company heard it they liked it so it's it's tricky it is tricky and you do have to I mean for that one that was a I had to get the instrumental of Michael Bublé's Hollywood and the standard track put the instrumental out of phase line them up near exactly to extract the vocal and it worked just about so well done <laughs> yeah Chris, as a patron of the arts, the BBC is very close to a lot of uh, record labels. Do you find life any easier with the things you're trying to do? We don't often go for uh, acapellas, so I don't know about mm. that end of things. But um, if we request an instrumental version of a track, they're usually pretty good. Because um, we've got some good relations with the pluggers. Um, so if there's something that we need and it's available, because I think, uh, as you were saying, Matt, the artist has to be happy to do that as well, um, then they're pretty good. And do you share that around the whole BBC or is it on the basis that this instrumental is only available for Radio 2's purposes? I think there is some sharing about the BBC. Uh, there have been some times where we've been using a track, say, for Children in Need, and we've got the instrumental, and then we've shared it with BBC Local Radio, who are also doing uh, Children in Need. And, and that just makes sense. Mm. That's just an obvious thing to do. Um, but, yeah, if someone requests something and we've got it, I mean, we don't tend to have an awful lot of the instrumentals we tend to use many of the tracks but we're not averse to sharing at all okay one more piece of audio from you matt okay um right we should have what have we got hold on um we've got have we got the will young concert trail yeah let's play that yeah magic presents will young a Christmas special sponsored by Night Nurse. In 2001, when I was judging Pop Idol, one incredible young man became a star. You've got a great voice, and uh, well done tonight. Good performance. Here's Will. Ten years later, he's joining Magic for a special intimate Christmas performance. And you can be there. Listen to Breakfast all next week to win your invite. Magic presents Will Young, sponsored by Night Nurse. For powerful relief from cold and flu symptoms, always read the label. Yeah, Will Young's uh, nasal passages are legendary. <laughs> I know, I know. It's very difficult for us sometimes when you get a sponsor on like that and it has to, and it doesn't really tie in with the gig, but you know it has to be done with commercial radio and we need those sponsorships so um but the trail itself it's it's just got a nice big feel to it um not too many effects again we've got a few clips there from uh, pop idol the show and that was it really it's just i haven't got much more else to say on that and one. neil i mean neil yeah. fox is on that's the first um, time we've heard him today okay he's got a great voice i mean neil can sell something amazingly he's really he's a great voice and he's good good to work with as well if i'm doing say for example a mystery voices trail with him which is a station trail um sort of station competition we run i tend to just give him bullet points of what we need to say and he'll go in and he'll put it into his own words and he's very good at doing that and it, making it sound like he's talking to you directly as opposed to a very scripted sounding sort of piece of audio 
Thanks for downloading the podcast again this time. We're sponsored by Hobson's and you can find out more about them and my guests and links as well and a photograph uh, at earshotcreative.com. Earshotcreative.com. That's the place to go for all of that stuff and any of our back catalogue of uh, podcasts from the last couple of years as well. All there. Earshotcreative.com. Chris, you brought some inspirational audio to play. Yes. Um, it was. This is from a guy who... Uh, may be familiar to, to some listeners who's a guy called John Frost who used to work at KROQ uh, which is a legendary or well, is a legendary station in LA and when I first started getting into station sound back in my days in BBC local radio when I rocked up at I think 21 uh, it says the social action and station sound producer because back in those days you couldn't just make station sound because uh, you know you need to do something more useful surely um, but um, the uh, I was listening to quite a few of the kind of Dan O'Day sessions, that kind of thing. And I remember hearing this fantastic session featuring uh, Howard Hoffman, uh, John Frost and Joel Moss. And it was absolutely fabulous. And when I heard a car sticker trail which featured mallet wielding dwarfs uh with an announcer who was then bashed over the head every single time he said something that was vaguely superlative uh it's just fantastic and it really inspired <laughs> me to do something i couldn't find that audio so what i did find was some of his more recent stuff now he runs um a production company at the minute so this is audio that stations obviously apply their own uh image their own uh call letters to but this is a really short but still lots of personality in three to five seconds that really just promotes new music. You know what this country needs? Yeah, more volcanoes. Duh. Hey, look, new music. Yay. New music. Yay. Did you hear Obama just won the Nobel Prize? Yay. Hey, look, new music. Yay. New music. Yay. The call of the glassy-eyed titmouse. And this is new music. <laughs> Dear sirs, your new music is great. It really soothes me in my downtime, which I don't get a lot of in my stalker schedule. Sincerely, Stalker Dave from the bushes. New music. We play it. What you do with it is up to you. Uh, it's crazy. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but it's it's a great way of getting some personality. And, uh, and also, I mean, in the longer stuff that, uh, that John did... The, the sound design is amazing. Mm. Real, a real great mixture of great writing, great production. And do you share this with your team that you're leading? What we do, actually, is we regularly uh, review our own work and also we spend time uh, with the other networks as well. And uh, listening to this kind of audio is something, uh, actually, that, um, that we are all going to be bringing, say, for example, to our next meeting when all the networks get together. And uh, we discuss station sound and we hear a bit about Radio 1 and we'll hear something about Radio 4 and then we play some stuff as well. That's really interesting, um, as well as sharing audio like this. Sounds like you're formatting your meeting on this podcast. Well, Steve, you know, it's no idea is an original idea, as we all know. Hello. 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 Say hello to hundreds of voice artists who love being part of great radio production at hellohobsons.com. Matt, your inspiration. Okay. Um, all, all I've brought in, I've brought in uh, a couple of sort of extracts from a, a guy called DJ Earworm. Now this is goes back to my TV ad audio again, it's mashups and um, have a listen and we'll have a quick chat about it afterwards. Yeah. 
So um, that last piece on there uh, called The United State of Pop 2011. Now, he, this guy's been doing these. Uh, the first one I heard was United State of Pop 2009. And I know, I think he got a uh, capital um, issue... Uh, basically got him to do them a mix for their summertime ball and he's done it twice now and yeah i think it won a sony yeah yeah it's brilliant brilliant piece of audio and um that one there that last one was united state of pop uh 2011 and in there you've got adele black eyed peas bruno mars britney spears CeeLo, enrique uh, the list goes on casey perry lmafo and it's it's just to squeeze all of that into one track it's, it's brilliant and that first one you heard was um just a more simple mashup, a bit more like our sort of TV ad audio where it was uh, Kelly Clarkson over the top of Coldplay in my place. Yeah, and it's really interesting to hear that uh, that softer sort of AC's sound um, because most of the DJ Earworm uh, material I've heard has been very beat-driven. Yeah, um, if, actually there's one on there, if you go to his site, uh, djearworm.com, there's what, an Annie Lennox one, which is pretty good, and it is beat-driven, it's a sort of dance remix, but I think he's squeezed about five or six Annie Lennox songs into that like piece of music and it sounds really good and he's he's great he's i mean there's a lot of people out there that do this sort of stuff but he's probably one of the best i would say you know there's another one a uh, party ben as well who did a good one a good remix of chasing cars and every breath you take as well so but yeah and it's a huge trend in music isn't it chris finally i just wonder to what extent radio two or six music is responding to that the remixers creating new art forms in music it is, and uh, it's something certainly that's uh, cropping up on six. I mean, for example, um, Nathan put together a great Tom Ravenscroft trail, and uh, you know, there's quite a broad range of music in there. Because um, I mean, I, for anybody that doesn't know, Tom Ravenscroft is actually John Peel's son, mm-hmm. and uh, he plays a really wide range of music. And, <laughs> and one of the comments in the trail was, um, "The only type of music I don't play is opera." although some may have crept in, which then invites immediately to then, which is what Nathan did, a fantastic mix with the opera all beat matched into uh, the tracks that uh, that all he, that he does play. Um, so it's it, it just feels that it's the next evolution because as technology means that this kind of stuff gets easier. Uh, and also we've got people coming through, you know, you can see if you were 15 in you know sitting with a computer you could do all this at home and learn those skills and then that's what you know the next generation uh, of producers that are coming through and able to do and how much time now as a, a bbc manager do you get to spend in front of the pro tools cutting stuff yourself a lot of time uh mm. yeah most of the time is um a, at least half of my day is um production because in reality um the biggest kick I still get is hearing work that you're proud of going out on the air. Yeah, and that's mm, that's it. I have to agree with that, definitely. Definitely. It is when you hear it out going out on air, that is that's why we do it really, I think. That's it. And then if someone says something nice off the back of it, even better. <laughs> Not always. <laughs> well, thank you both very much, Chris and Matt. It's been uh, great being here for the last hour or so, listening to uh, some fantastic audio. Uh, all the links and a photo are at earshotcreative.com. And next time, we'll take a look at the state of the UK promotions and imaging scene as the Sony Radio Academy Awards approach. And we've got news of a competition that aims to discover untapped voice talent specifically for radio imaging if you rate your voice as brand new and british then make sure you're with us next time on the earshot creative review but from all of us for now bye-bye goodbye Bye. Bye.